Welcome to Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams, and this is the show where we talk about truth and grace boldly. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hey guys, this is episode 115 of Kindled, and I'm Haley Williams. Today, I am bringing you an episode with my friend, Brooke Tabor, and we are talking all about self-love. This is a hot topic, one that is really culturally popular and relevant to the time that we are all living in, and it's one that I think is very profoundly misleading, and I think you'll see why when Brooke and I get into our conversation. One thing I do want to note is that my audio, not the guests, but my personal audio is a little funky at the beginning of this one. I think my mic must have turned off, but it's not unbearable by any means. Just want to let you know it's a little bit lower than the quality that you're used to, so I am sorry for that. And second of all, there's a part in the interview near the very end, around 40 minutes, that we are talking about a translation issue with a verse in 2 Timothy And so there's going to be a little interjection of what we found that is outside of our conversation. So you will hear that when it gets to it. But just wanted to give you those two notes up front, a little bit different than normal. And with that, I'm going to get right into my conversation with Brooke Tabor. Brooke, thanks for being here today. Hi, thanks for having me. So we found each other, which no one will be surprised through Instagram and our friend Lacey. (laughs) Of course. I identified instantly with you because I saw that you posted about self-love and you got a lot of hate for it. <laughs> yes. My, my most hated post. Yeah. Most hated post. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about self-love and before we get there, I'd love for people to just kind of get to know a little bit about you and who you yes. are and what you do. So uh, my name is Brooke and um, I am a military spouse. My husband has been in the Air Force for 22 years and we are currently in San Antonio, Texas. And I have four kids. I have a 16-year-old who is my stepson and I have my daughter, Kennedy's three and Jet is going to be two in February and we actually lost a baby between the two of them. So he's our little angel baby. And what I do is I stay home with my kiddos and raise them, take care of the house. And that's pretty much what I do. I like to write and share my heart and everything that the Lord's putting on my heart, share that with people around me. And that's just kind of something that I've always enjoyed writing. As a kid, I used to sit and write books and stuff and just with my imagination, just make everything up. But Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a passion that's transferred over into adulthood and I really, it's just such a peaceful time to just sit and just write what the Lord is doing in my life. So yeah, that's pretty much what I do. That's awesome. I totally agree. I love writing and I was also a very creative kid and wrote, you know, same thing, just made up books and stories and hours. And I didn't dread writing papers. I was like, oh, I I really enjoyed it. And now that I can write about things that I care about and I'm interested in, and it's such a great way for me to process even what I'm learning. Like, yes, I don't really know what's going on in my life until I start writing about it. You know, I agree. I, I feel like even in the early stages of my husband and I dating, um, I would write him letters <laughs> mm-hmm. because I kind of clam, I would clam up a little bit whenever I would just be talking face to face and I could just express so much easier with words, typing them out. than sometimes I could just face to face where I just get a little bit more nervous. Yep. I wouldn't say I'm an introvert by any means, but I feel like my way of expression is done much better through writing than it is just, I guess, just coming up with things on a whim. Right. Totally. Yeah. Where are you seeing God's grace in your life? Man, I would definitely say in motherhood right now. I feel like, okay, so I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And it feels like daily, I sometimes it just feels like you're failing your kids. I think we've all been there as mother as mothers. And just at the end of the day, God just telling me that it's going to be okay, that as long as I'm raising my kids to know who he is and that it's not that it's important that my kids be obedient to me because if I raise my kids to be obedient to the Lord, then in doing so, my kids are going to be obedient to me and to the Lord. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think it's in parenting is where I feel the most grace being given right now for sure. Yeah. 
Amen to that. That's the same for me. Yes. So as we're getting into the topic of self-love, I think it'd be helpful if we define it because it is one of those terms that has kind of been, I feel like the snowball effect has, has occurred Mm -hmm. traveling and just picking up so much at such an insane speed that it's coming to mean something that it might not have originally meant in the first place. And so I think we need to give it some boundaries. What is self-love? I would say that self-love is the quest to fulfill and accomplish an acceptance of self, basically saying I am who I am. So self-love in culture denies negative self-traits or thoughts and makes it culturally accepted to be selfish. So Often, so often the culture preaches that in order to love others, we must first learn how to love ourselves, but really self-love is just glorified selfishness and self-justified reasons to put ourselves first instead of loving God. It's basically culture's morally accepted standard to be selfish. So an example of that might be saying like somebody's being rude to you or you're being rude to somebody and you just say, this is just me telling it like it is because that's the kind of person I am, take it or leave it. And you're just basically accepting who you are and you're not wanting to take on any, I guess, sanctification. Don't, you're, not, you're denying the process of sanctification in your heart and saying, I am the way I am and that is perfectly fine. Okay. So devil's advocate here, because I've heard people say this, self-love isn't selfish. Have you heard mm. people say that? Yeah. And I think that what would, what would we do if Jesus only self-loved himself? <laughs> well, I feel like that's right. He wouldn't like, have done you know what cross, I mean? That's for sure. Exactly. I mean, if we lived in a world where, you know, Jesus only loved himself and he didn't love others, then man, <laughs> What would that world be like? <laughs> a world I don't that is not know. saved. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine it. Like it's not even comprehensible to me. Yeah. So something that you said is that you mentioned about the process of sanctification. It's self-love actually denies the process of sanctification. Can you kind of expound yeah. on that? Yeah. So self-love, basically when we deny sanctification is saying, I am who I am. But self-denial with sanctification sees our depravity and says, I am nothing without you. And I think it's so funny that we take that I am who I am by denying the sanctification and we say, I am who I am, which I think is so funny because Jesus says, I am statements. (laughs) So then it's putting that, it's putting that on ourselves and saying, it's putting ourselves up on a pedestal basically. So our perspectives absolutely need to be changed and we need to stop ignoring our sin and our depravity. And we need to allow God to sanctify us. I think whenever we allow the Holy Spirit to truly take hold of our hearts, that's whenever we can fully start walking out what it means. I think it's in Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, where it says, put off your old self, which belongs in your former manner of life. It is corrupt throughout deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. So we should be striving for that renewal. And you can find that in Romans 12, two and denying ourselves in Romans 16, 24 and start to really desire what God desires, which isn't really self-love, but just pure love for himself, the love for others and the process of our sanctification and that God really does want us to be sanctified. That's actually one of the things that he does want from us in John 17, 17, it says, sanctify them in truth and your word is truth. And then a little further down, it says, so that they may be sanctified in truth. And I think that the person who is in Christ can look at themselves and actually see how unlovable we are outside of Christ. Because I feel like the closer I get to God, the more I see myself and how depraved I really am and how really unlovable I can be without Christ. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think that people get so triggered, especially women. Let's just be be honest here. Yeah, absolutely. When we talk about not, whenever somebody says anything to the contrary of, you know, love yourself better or like self-love is the best love. Um, all these little trite sayings that we see all over social media and just being oh my goodness, shared yes. at an incredible rate. People get really triggered uh, by those things because I think what they feel is that you are saying you do not deserve love. You should not be loved. Basically, don't be loved because 
for them, their paradigm is that the only way you'll get love is if you love yourself, like love yourself first. And and they always use the, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on anybody else. (laughs) Right. Yes. These examples. I had so many people actually use that on my, on my post. I was like, oh my goodness, no, this is, this is not how it should be. Right. We, the, the problem is that the, that's their concept is that the only way they'll get love is if they love themselves or the best way they can get love is to love themselves or that they're, they first must love themselves so they can love others. And in fact, Mm, we don't see that in the Bible anywhere. There is nowhere in the Bible to love yourself. In fact, there is a command in the Bible to love God and to love others, but nowhere say to love yourself. And I, I don't think that's because God doesn't intend for us to be loved. It's because he knows a, we already love ourselves by default. Amen. Our sin nature propels us to love ourselves and Mm -hmm. B he knows that he can love us better than anyone. And so he says that it is, it is actually him who loved us first, not we loved him. That's first John four ten. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a propitiation for our sins. Right. And so I just think that it's like people get so offended because they feel like you're just saying like, no, you don't deserve love and you're not going to ever have it. And you're just worthless garbage. And that's not what we're saying. And that's not what you and I right. are saying here today. We're, we're actually saying you are more valuable than your own love for yourself can ever give you credit for. Like, yeah. You are more valuable because of who God says you are. And therefore yes. you should be loved by God and not by a lesser love, which is your own. Yeah. And I think in a time, especially now where we have social media and have this term influencers, it's so easy to see how God did create our hearts to be influenced. You know, he created us to be influenced by himself. And for us to not follow our own hearts or follow influencers outside of himself, but to follow him. And I think so often, if you are not a follower of Jesus, why wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, why wouldn't you want to look out for the best of yourself? Because that's all you know, you know, Mm -hmm. but as a follower of Christ and knowing that, man, this, this just doesn't seem right. I think that we have to know that our influence, that we are designed to be influenced, but our ultimate influencer has to be the Lord. And anything outside of that, we have to really question where is this influence coming from? And I love what you said about, you know, we do love ourselves because in Ephesians 529, it says, after all, no one hated their own body, but they fed and cared for their bodies just as Christ does to the church. So it's, it's assumed here that because we don't, it says no one ever hated their own body. It's assumed that yes, we do care for our bodies. We do do those things, but it's not a command. It doesn't say you need to go love your body and feed and care for it because we do do that naturally. So it's assumed that we do love ourselves and it's not a command. So the commandment would then be, like you said, to love God and to love others. And it mentions nothing about self, but that doesn't mean that we should be neglectful or hate and um, the opposite. Exactly. Yes, I, that's exactly. What, that's what got argued on my post because I posted about self-love back in May. I just, I went back to, to see where I was talking about this because I had a, an equal reaction from my Instagram community of mm-hmm. followers and people were angry. I mean, I, I lost a yeah. lot of followers that day, which, you know, I don't care about that, but I was just really surprised yeah. given that my audience is Christian women how many people could not abide this discussion. They just, they wouldn't hear it. And I got a lot of emails. I got a lot of DMs from people who were upset and felt like betrayed by what I was saying. And the thesis of my, you know, statement on it was I said, self-love is the most discreet and effective way the devil has ever marketed and sold a lesser love because Mm, it is masquerade is a wolf in sheep's clothing. And I Mm -hmm. would argue if you're saying self-love is good because if you don't love yourself, you necessarily hate yourself. I would submit that self-love leads to self-hatred. I I could see that. Absolutely. Because like if you, if it is on you to love yourself, well, you are limited. Here's why, here's why self-love is a lesser love because we are humans. We have limitations, right? 
and anything we do that is good, including love. And love is a good command that God gave us in, in scripture. He says to love, he does command us to love. And so it's not that love is bad. Love is good. Love is of God. And that reflects one of his communicable attributes, the things that are about God that we actually mirror and show the world. That's an attribute that we have, but it is marred. It is limited because we are humans. We are imperfect. We have limitations. We can never love as perfectly and wholly and completely as God does. And so every time we love, even if it's God or others or ourselves, it's going to be less effective, less whole, less complete, less perfect Mm -hmm. than the way that God loves, right? And so absolutely, it's conditional. It has limitations. It is dependent upon circumstances. It is a fair weather friend. And so my love for myself, I can certainly love myself. I can certainly say, you know, I accept you. I love who you are. I look in the mirror and I feel good and I can do all that. And there's not, you know, maybe on the face of it, I wouldn't say that that's inherently sinful, but the problem is that if that is where I am primarily getting my love from and I say, okay, I'm happy and I feel good and I feel great and I feel wonderful because I love myself so well. Well, what about when those last 10 pounds of that baby weight just won't budge? What about Mm -hmm. when I get an illness or a disease or an autoimmune disease that starts affecting my skin or my digestion or my body, or I get bloated or inflammation? Or what about when anything, what anything about myself now myself, now I've got to like overcome that and I've got to overcome this and another hurdle, another hurdle, because I'm a conditional fickle lover. Mm -hmm. I'm not a perfect lover. I cannot love perfectly. And so that's why I'm saying it is a lesser love. It's not that you should not love. And it's not that you should even not accept the things about you that God gave you. If he gave you wider hips, or if he gave you a larger forehead, like he did me, and it's actually a five head, that's fine. You can accept, you should accept those things about yourself and say, God made me this way and I'm not going to belittle or hate what he has created. But yeah. your own love of yourself will never be enough. It will never be enough to make you feel loved or to satiate that desire for love which each human being has innately and divinely put inside of us. Yes. I loved a quote that I saw on desiring God. It was by James Beavers. And the quote, I think I have to quote it because he just says this so purely and much purely than I think I could ever articulate self. But he says that true self-love is the acceptance of ourselves as redeemed people. Yes, we are loved and accepted, but it is precisely not because we are worthy in ourselves, but because Christ is worthy. And when we accept the reality of redemption, can we find freedom to look outwards? When our gaze has been inward on ourselves, we fail to love God and we cannot hope to love others. Mm-hmm. I just think okay. that that is just so, yes, it's so true because I think whenever we start to look at ourselves and, and love ourselves, we start to see, oh, all of this goodness that's inside of us. And really like our good works are filthy rags. And we are, the only reason why we are called worthy is because of what Christ did on the cross for us. And outside of that, we actually are dead in our trespasses and we've been saved by grace through faith in Jesus that we don't have to love ourselves, which like you said, is a less than type of love that we have access to the Holy Spirit, which now lives inside of us, which how cool is that? Like that we can have actual character traits of God that he gives us the the fruit of the spirit so Mm -hmm. that we have access to those things. I think that that's so much better than really anything that we can try to do for ourselves is just that God has given us himself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is just our propensity as human beings, as, you know, imperfect image bearers, like we do bear the Imago Dei, Mm -hmm. but as C.S. Lewis says, you know, I see now in a mirror dimly and then face to face. So anything we see now is going to be a very dim reflection of what we will see one day in eternity and in perfection with God. And so any of the terms that start with self are kind of already off on a bad start. (laughs) Like, let's just be really, really direct here. Anytime we start with a concept that starts with self, I think we need to just be very cautious. And we're talking about self-love today, not any of the other self terms like self-care or self-acceptance or whatever. 
although I know people would argue that those are all related and they're wrapped up in each other and you know you can't have self-care without self-love all of that my point mm-hmm. is we are self-worshippers we are idolaters Paul Tripp calls us idol factories we create mm-hmm. idols out of everything and so anytime yes. we elevate and put on a pedestal especially in our lives or in our hearts of self I think we are just very quickly going to find that that lofty ideal of self-love that seems really pure and innocent and harmless is going to deteriorate very quickly into what you said is selfishness and and self-obsession and self-idolatry and self-worship because we become the object of our affection. Absolutely. That is the problem that I have with these self terms is the fact that like, I do not need any encouragement to put myself on the throne of my heart or the throne of my life, Mm -hmm. because I battle to take myself off of that throne every day. And I know that's the hard part. Are you a female entrepreneur with a small or budding business? Would you describe your online presence as eh, lackluster at best? Well, girl, you're in luck because you're who I work with and making people shine online is what I do. This podcast is my passion, but in my day-to-day work, I am actually a web and graphic designer. I specialize in working with small businesses run by female entrepreneurs. Why? Because I am one of you. So I just get you. I get how you want to show up online as stellar and amazing as you do in person already. You want a system for growing your email list, converting traffic into customers. And most of all, you just want someone you can trust to execute all of that without a million redos or false starts. I know how hard it is to trust someone with your brand that feels kind of like one of your own children. But if you want to chat about your business's website or digital presence, I'm your girl. Let's set a time to chat for 15 minutes on the phone. Go ahead and email me at Haley at kindledpodcast.com or you can book a call with me at hwilliamscreative.com. Not every woman has like the same struggles as me. We all have a little bit different flavor. And so I know some people really struggle with, you know, self-worth or low uh, image of themselves and, and really poor, or they actually do really despise who they are. And, and my thing to that would, I would say is, then you don't need more self-love. You need to see actually a perfect and holy and sinless God who says he loves you because that is where you find antidote for your self-hatred. That is where you find an antidote for your low self-worth is in a God who says, no, you are valuable and you have worth because you're made in my image and I ascribe value and worth and dignity to you because you are my creation. I tell you who you are. You don't tell yourself who you are you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that a lot of that has to do with just not knowing. I think it's an identity issue, to be honest, because this is something that I walked through for a long time where I thought, you know, I would go and I would find something that I thought would make me, you know, higher up in status, whether that be, oh, let me go try out these new pair of jeans because they're trendy or Mm. let's try to engage and do all of these things on my Instagram because the more followers I have, the more worth I have. I've done all of those things. I've, I've done, you name it. I mean, I, I have been uh, amazing at Mm (laughs) self-love and the thing that is so hard is self-denial and again, not self-neglect, but just in the biblical sense of knowing that we have to put off our old self and that we have to be renewed and that we have to go through that process of sanctification. So talk to me a little bit about your own story with this, because I know that you have a history of really battling. And I wouldn't say maybe you weren't, you really weren't battling it, but you were actually someone who really did like follow the self-love movement and kind of bought into it. So can you tell me more about that season in your life? Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is a season that we're always going to be battling to an extent. So to say that I'm even fully out of that is like, you know, God's revealing things in my heart every single day where I'm like, Oh my goodness, like (laughs) Brooke, that's self-love, you know? Mm -hmm. But I would say like in the thick of it, my husband and I, we're getting ready to get married and I just wanted to start losing some weight for the wedding dress. And then somebody mentioned to me, oh, you should, you know, because what I was doing, I mean, I guess in my own heart, I felt like, oh, well, this must not be good enough. I have to do something else because society says that what I'm doing right now, I I should be doing the next best thing. 
And so what turned into just losing some weight for my wedding, it turned into then competing in fitness shows. Mm. And you can see so much. And I did it for, gosh, two or three years. And looking back at that time in my life, I was striving to love myself and reach my own goals and honestly starting to build my own kingdom. And you can even see this because after I actually left the competitive world and, you know, the Holy Spirit worked in my heart and I realized like, wow, this place that I'm in is actually very dark. As soon as you get one thing, then you want the next thing. And as soon as you get that, then that's not good enough. And you're constantly reaching for the next best thing and it's never going to fulfill you. And so what happened is, well, I ended up leaving the competitive world because obviously I didn't find it there. Mm -hmm. So then I started getting into other things and those other things were, and I'm not bashing multi-level marketing at all, but this is just, this is just where I kind of found it. And I was attending these conferences that are saying like, this is how you should build your network marketing. You need to be posting this many selfies per day. And which by the way, if we can just talk about how many hashtags are under the hashtag selfie, do you know, do you know how many there are? Uh, I'm afraid to ask. (laughs) 411 million, 411 million. Isn't that so crazy? So, and self-love and far behind that, okay, 411 million. Then the next for under self-love is 35 and a half million. So 411 versus 35 and a half. That is just so crazy to me. We are absolutely in love with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And you can see this all over our social media, how I was engaging with my followers, so to speak on Instagram and how I was just really trying to build my own kingdom. And I think it became really convicting for me whenever you know, I'm just reading scripture for myself and which I think is so important in knowing what our worth is because we don't need to go to other secondary sources. I think that sometimes secondary sources can be helpful, whether you're going to your pastor or you're listening to podcasts like this or reading books, but nothing is going to fulfill you and really tell you more about who God is than if you just get into scripture yourself. And I think whenever I started to become more biblically literate and understand who God was, and once I realized like how big and how extravagant and how amazing God's love is, I started to realize, wow, like I am lacking. Like, I don't know how to love, like, I don't know how to do any of this. And Mm -hmm. I think that that was so important for me to see that. And outside of me getting into the word myself, I feel like there was no way I could have just learned that on my own. Right. I really appreciate you sharing that part of your story because I think so many of us, if not all of us, have some time in our life where we were probably really indulging that, you know, just that whole idea, even without necessarily knowing it. I mean, it's really easy to do. It's not far from us. It's never far from us. It's just always right at your fingertips to, and it's just your natural propensity to live for yourself and kind of live for like even man's accolades and good, good opinion of you. And it feels Mm -hmm. good. It feels good to receive other people's praise, to receive your own praise. I mean, of course there's no denying that that is real. And like, it does kind of fill a little bit of a hole in you. But the problem is that there's, it's like you're filling up a bucket that has a hole in the bottom and Amen. it's always, I was like, just going to say that. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yes, I was you're, literally you're just about it, to say but, that. Yeah. It's got that hole in the bottom and it's just always draining. And it reminds me of this one thing my pastor said several years ago in a sermon. He said, everything is always running out except for God. Everything is always running out. So time, patience, energy, love self-respect. It doesn't matter what it is. We're always running out. Things tend toward entropy. Like it's a law of physics. They tend toward disorder and towards lack and not towards abundance and fullness. And I'm speaking of, you know, mankind and humanity here. And so, you know, for instance, I, as I was prepping for this, I thought about, it's not helpful to deny that we do feel good when we love ourselves in, in the sense of, okay, one way that someone would say, well, you know, you go and get a massage, that's self-love, that's self-care. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'll go, I'll go there with you. Or, Hey, you spend money on things you want to get new clothes and you feel good about those clothes and you like wearing that new outfit. Yes, that's true. 
or hey, you cook good food or you want to go and spend money at a nice restaurant to have a good meal that fills you up and tastes good and might even actually be good for you. And that's true. Like you're actually right. I those are things I'm doing that feel good, that give me something in return. But the problem is that all of those things do provide some temporary comfort and relief from the pain and struggle of everyday life. But what about when I have to get off of the massage table? The calming effects mm-hmm. run out. What about when the new yeah. shirt fades in the washer? And the food is digested by my body and eventually I'm hungry again, you know, and I think self, I'm just trying to paint this picture that self-love is the same way. It feels good for a moment and maybe even for a time, but it does not last because it originated with me and I am limited and I cannot provide a limitless source of love for anyone, including myself. Yeah. And I think that that's so true because you even see that in limitations. I think chapter three, where it says that our mercies are new every single morning. And why would they have to be new every morning if we didn't exhaust them the day before? You know what I mean? (laughs) And God's, God's grace is there and is extended always. But I just think it's so good to see that they're new and that they never come to an end, Mm -hmm. but they are there and they're there every single morning. So man, God is just so good to be able to do that for us because, man, there's no way I want to have to do that for myself. There's no way that I could. Yeah. So what would you say helped you to get out of that time in your life where you were kind of more absorbed in that, those teachings and that way of thinking and believing? I know you said reading the word for yourself. Yeah. Talk more about that. I think honestly what it was, it, it was just simply that because I truly believe that even the people that were around me, it doesn't necessarily matter what people are saying to me. It's how I engage with the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit's working in my own heart, whether or not I'm going to have ears to hear. And the only way that I can have ears to hear is if I am getting into the Bible and starting to know God for who he is, instead of, you know, just hearing it from other people, because I can hear things but I have to be able to see it and believe it for myself and know in God's word that this is actually, this is what it says. And I think honestly, it was becoming more literate. And I, I can't say I know everything in the Bible because I am still growing. I am still learning. But I think what it was, was just getting in God's word and seeing like, no, actually, this is what the Bible does say about this. Mm-hmm. And whose kingdom am I really building here? Like, am I building the kingdom of Brooke? Or am I building God's kingdom? And I think that that's what was just so convicting on my heart is just seeing that play out in my life that I was not building God's kingdom and that what I was sharing was more of myself. And why would I ever want to share myself if I am learning who God is? Why wouldn't I want to share who God is? Because that's the ultimate love. And he's the ultimate above everything. So why would I want to share what I have to give? Because really all I have to give is who God is. And yeah. And here's what I know about God. Yeah. It just, it's reminding me of how Jesus talks about in um, the new Testament so much. He he mentions money. I think it's the most discussed topic in the Bible or at least the new Testament money is. And I think that's because he knows our hearts and that we are prone to worship and money is one of those things. It's really easy to idolize. And he says, we can't serve both God and money. He says, you cannot serve. No man can serve two masters. And I think in the same sense, we are kidding ourselves. If we think that we can ultimately both serve ourselves and God, Yeah, two kingdoms do not get built at the same time. One kingdom will be built and one will be completely forgotten. Mm-hmm. And and that is true. That's our limitations. We are not that incredible that we can actually multitask with our hearts and love to masters. It's just Jesus tells us this is not possible for you. So choose today whom you will serve. And you know, yeah. and while like I don't want anyone to walk away feeling that they have no access to love here, it in fact the opposite. Like what we're saying is there is a love way better than yours available to you. Do you want it? You know, will you accept it? And will you reject the lesser love? And again, reminding you that, you know, listener that we're not saying 
to hate yourself. We're not saying to not treat your body like a temple. And like, that means you take care of it. That means you steward the resources you have well, you know, and we're not getting real deep today into a discussion of what that looks like, but rather kind of debunking some of the the things around self-love and all of the fancy, beautiful, glittery marketing messages that come with it. But I just think there's so much more love available through Christ from the Father than we will ever experience on our own. And it's not enough to love yourself. It's just not enough. Like we need more love than that. I need more love than I'm capable of giving myself. Yes, absolutely. So do you have any encouragement like for how someone might speak lovingly about this to their friends and specifically to other believers who might be kind of swept up in the movement and in the jargon and the trite sayings and and maybe even have, you know, good intentions, but maybe just be kind of missing it? Like, how do you think we can engage with this topic? Honestly, I think about how this was brought up to me and the way that this was just brought up so gently and out of so much love whenever I was in that. And how did somebody approach me? And how would I, if I was still in this, like, how would I want somebody to approach me? And I think that in Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, it says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another, eager to maintain a unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And so I think what that scripture is saying is that whenever we are approaching people with these hard things that can be conflicting and maybe things that we have not had a light shined on, Mm -hmm. I think that the thing that we have to do is not go to them in a way to prove that, Hey, like I'm right. You're wrong. It shouldn't be done that way. But I think the best way that we can do it is once that light has been revealed in our own hearts saying, this is something that I've struggled with and just having an open conversation with somebody and letting them see your story and how the light was shined in your darkness and how somebody brought that up to you or even how the Holy Spirit revealed that into you. I think that that is just the way that you have to go about it because if you're getting into a, I'm right, you're wrong. As soon as somebody does that to me, I know I'm just closing my ears and that's yeah. obviously fleshly and I shouldn't do that. <laughs> right. But, but we do. I feel like yeah. that that is, yep. That's something that we do. But yeah, I think knowing that whenever we approach that person, we should do so in love, not because we want to be right or wrong, but knowing that that sin that they are holding in their life is a separation between them and God. And it says in Isaiah 59 too, it says, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden your face from you so that he does not hear. And there are certain sins in our lives that we are not going to always see until somebody reveals them to us. And I will tell you, I've seen things in myself that I didn't see in myself until after I had kids and I got married. And I'm like, wow, yep, (laughs) you know, because I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those things. It's those those things can bring out some ugliness in you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And you start to see yourself for who you really are. And you're like, oh gosh, this is yeah. really terrible. I need, I need the Holy Spirit to come do some work in me. Well, but yeah. What's, what's, yeah. what's so beautiful about that though, is that like, we do have access to those fruits of the spirit and that the fruits of the spirit are not emotions. Like mm-hmm. those are actual character traits of the Lord that he has placed inside of us. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those were all gifts that were bought at a price and they were given to us. Mm-hmm. So we have access to those gifts and we should absolutely utilize those. I love that you just said that. Yeah. That they're, the fruit of the spirit is not an emotion and yeah. love is one of those. Love is a yeah. fruit. And so I I think that even may, it may be another angle of how self-love falls short of the actual fruit of the spirit of love that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Because when we say practice self-love, we're talking about it feeling a certain way about ourselves. Yeah, that's good. A human aspect of love. Yes. Yes. A human understanding of a divine gift and something that God perfectly embodies. And that you just yes. said, he offers to us. He actually, he says like, you, ha- you have access to this through Christ. And 
yet. Yeah. That's why I said it's a lesser love without even fully understanding why I know that to be true because it's not the same. It's a different thing with the same label. And that's why we have to have definitions because we're calling it love. You know, when we say self-love, that sounds the same as, you know, we're using the word love, but it's not the same love that God offers us through Christ, you know, in the Holy Spirit. And, yeah. and so it's so important to understand just because something is called something doesn't make it so, you know, and just the same thing. Right. Well, yeah, I worship God too. Well, okay, which God? Which, or I yeah. love Jesus too. Which Jesus? Who is your Jesus? Yeah. You know? And yeah, so right. we have to ask those questions and we have to be discerning and just, just be awake, you know, and be aware the ease that we can be kind of swayed away from the best that God yeah. is actually offering. Absolutely. I think that in second Timothy three, one through four, it talks about things that happen at the end of times. And one of the things that they talk about, it says actually it says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. And then it goes on to list other things like lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love. And it just continues to go on and on. But I think it's so interesting that the very first thing that it says is people will be lovers of themselves. (laughs) And I think it's so important that we note that lovers of selves is the first thing mentioned because it really can be the gateway in which all of the following sins are preceded. So why do we love money? Well, we love money because we want to get things for ourselves. Or why are we boastful? Well, because we just love who we are. Or why are we proud? Well, we think we're awesome. Why are we abusive? Mm -hmm. Because we value ourselves over valuing others. And you can literally go down that list in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 4. All of the things that proceed, people will be lovers themselves. And you can see that each one of those things is out of self. Mm-hmm. And the reason, so if we could just see ourselves and know that love first comes from God and that we love because God loved us first and that we have to have that divine love of God because the love that we offer is always going to fall short. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So can you read that first part of the verse again? So it says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of selves. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, and the list just continues to go on. Okay. I just want to make a distinction here because, okay, it says, like, let's look at what the text actually says. It says, in the last days, people will be lovers of themselves, but down in verse three, okay, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, verse three without love. That's what it says. So how in the world can we both love ourselves and also be without love? A very deceived. Right. Like, I guess you'd have to be very deceived. It, it's not the same thing. Loving yourself does not mean that you have the love of God, which is true love, which is actually, you know, he is the definition. He defines it. I would be very interested to see like what this actually translates to in like the original text, you know? Yes. Like, because if it says like love there, then, and it has love later on in the paragraph, it has to be a different different love in that. Yeah. It has to be. There's so many different types of love in like the original Greek or Hebrew it's written in. I know know, we've got like agape love and all these different types of love. And so, yes, that those have got to be different words and we can look that up and maybe clarify that Yeah. after we're done recording right here. Okay, here's the little addendum to this part of our conversation that I told you I would put in regarding what we found about these words, the original Greek for this verse in 2 Timothy 3. So what Brooke and I were just talking about was how there are multiple mentions of love in this 2 Timothy 3 passage. First off, in verse 2, it says that men will be lovers of self, lovers of money. And then in verse 3, it says they will be unloving. And so the question we have to ask is, how can men be both lovers of self and unloving? If the Bible is saying they are both loving something and unloving, well, that seems contradictory, right? Only if you don't have multiple different definitions for love, different kinds of love, which the Bible does because the Greek that it was written in here, this is Greek, the original letter here was actually written in Greek, 
there are many different, I don't know the total number, but there are a lot of different types of love that can be expressed in different Greek words. Whereas when it's translated into English, the only word we have is love. We just have a generic love. We don't have familial love or brotherly love. And so that's why it sounds contradictory. So what we found is that there are actually two completely different words being used here in the Greek, which explains why you can be both a lover of self and unloving, according to 2 Timothy 3.3. So I asked Brooke to expound on this a little bit, and here is what she had to say. I would just say, like, you see the word lovers in this sense, the original word is philatos, and then I would go to explain that that word actually means lovers of self in a bad sense. So here, right here, we see that this word and this action of loving oneself, the Bible puts it very clearly. And how you mentioned, we don't even have this word in the English language. And this is maybe why there's so much confusion behind self-love is because this has not been, I mean, we have no word for it, you know? So praise the Lord that we have translations where we can study this and know Like, obviously, in the Bible, it says, like, lovers of self, it's in there with a whole bunch of bad things. So we can kind of indicate from reading that, that it probably is bad. But whenever we dive deeper into, like, what this word actually means, we see it means the love of oneself in a bad sense. Like, that cannot be more cut and dry. Okay, so there is our little addendum on that verse. And I wanted to add that in there because while we were recording, we said we'd look it up. And we didn't do that while we were recording, but we did so afterwards. And I think it's extremely compelling evidence there in scripture and in the actual original Greek, how this was written, that shows us that the reference there to lovers of self is actually a bad sense. It says in a bad sense. That's what that word means, philatos in Greek. Whereas the word there for unloving is astorgos. And that word is means family affection or love of kindred, which is a good thing, right? So if the word unloving comes from a word, astorgos, that actually is referencing a good love. And yet that verse in, in 2 Timothy verse 3 is saying the men are not that. Men are not they, they are without this natural affection they should have for their, their kindred fellow man, for their family even. That's clearly a negative. It's cl- clearly a bad thing. And what we find is that scripture actually talks about self-love. It references it here. And it doesn't have good things to say. It actually says that lovers of self are those that love themselves in a bad sense. That is so blatantly cut and dry, I feel a little silly that we had an entire podcast episode on it. So I hope that was helpful for you. And I found that extremely fascinating. So I had to add this in. But yeah, I mean, that's clearly Paul is writing to Timothy and he is saying people will love themselves, but be without love. And so there is your evidence that self-love is not the same as the love that comes from God, a godly, God-originating love, right? A love that originates with God, who is the definition of love. God is love elsewhere in the Bible, it says. So it's just like, it is so clear. It is so evident that it's just not the same. It's not the same thing. So don't be misled to believe that all loves are created equal. And that anytime you hear or see something labeled, yeah, love, self-love, that's like, I can self-love and I can promote that and follow that religion and be a Christian and love God and worship God and build his kingdom. No, you can't. It's self-love is godless. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I know that's harsh, but that is what the Bible says. That is God's word, not mine. (laughs) Like, I'm not the one making this up. That's right there in the Bible. And I think it's so funny because God's word can be offensive. Like, and I think that that's one thing that sometimes makes it hard for us to want to be in his word because we're like, oh, it forces us to change and it forces us to be sanctified in him through those convictions. And I mean, man, if we didn't have those and we would never be renewed. We, our minds would never be renewed. We would just continue living in our old self when the Bible clearly tells us to put on our new selves, to die to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. 
I mean, I've never even seen that distinction until just now that it says in in the same sentence, you know, that there will be people's uh, or people will be lovers of self and yet also be without love. And that is, I mean, if you want biblical evidence for why self-love is not congruent with scripture, there you go. Second Timothy yes. three, one through three. Read no further. Yes. There you go. We should have just Absolutely. started and ended there, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Conversation done. We're done. <laughs> we don't need to do a podcast. Just go read your Bible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's kind of true. It's yes. like the final yes. word has been given. We do not have to expound. We do not have to argue for God. He has, he has stated what is true. Like he has already made the argument. And who's going to argue with God? <laughs> like, yes. Like be my guest. I love in Galatians 5, 16 through 17, where it says, so walk by the spirit so you will not desire, so you will not gratify the desires of the flesh mm-hmm. for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit, it, what, con- what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another so that you do not do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I think that that's so, so important to remember too, that whenever we're reading how we should die to ourselves, we should really be praying to have hearts that desire what God desires. So that way we don't gratify what our flesh wants because our flesh is always going to go with what it's most familiar with. And oftentimes what we're most familiar with is self. Yep. So true. Man, Brooke, thank you for having this conversation with me. I know it's not the easiest one to have and I'm thankful for your book and, and speaking the truth and sharing your own story to kind of testify to what God's done in your own life. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's something that, like I, like I said, I feel like I am a recovering self-lover with tendencies to relapse. <laughs> yeah. But Hey, it's, it's important that you know, that we do have tendencies to relapse and that God is going to be there and he does give us the mercies. Yes. Yes. There is grace. Yes. There's grace for all. Of Absolutely. Us. Well, thank you so much. And uh, yes, thank yeah, you. it's going to bless a lot of people. I hope so. I hope so. Guys, thank you so much for listening today. Come find me on Instagram at HaleyWilliams.Kindled. You can find Brooke on Instagram at The Gorgeous Grace. And she's awesome. Shares a ton of encouraging and scripture-centered encouragement over there. I hope this episode was compelling for you, to be honest. I hope that the evidence we presented here and the argument for scripture's definition of love and how it invites and encourages and commands us to love God and love others rather than ourselves is one that does not place a burden on you, but actually removes it, removes this burden of feeling like you need to just do a better job at loving yourself. And if you're feeling bad, that it must be a lack of love for yourself that you just can never muster enough of. I know that's how I feel whenever I hear this topic talked about and frankly, it's just incredibly, it's incredibly futile, that pursuit of loving yourself better. So anyway, if you have any questions on this or want to talk about it, I'm sure we'll be talking about it over on Instagram all week. And yeah, love you guys. See you next week. Bye.